CBDC. The Bank for Canadian Entrepreneurs is a proud partner of the Startup Women podcast. BDC is here for women entrepreneurs in their efforts to move forward and achieve their business goals. To meet their specific needs, BDC provides financing, strategic advice, and has a wide selection of free resources. Find out more at bdc.ca forward slash women. BDC is here for what's ahead. Scotiabank Women Initiative is a signature program designed to increase economic opportunity for individuals who identify as women or non-binary to be successful now and in the future. This unique offering helps women pursue their best professional and financial futures by providing unbiased access to capital and tailored solutions, bespoke specialized education, holistic advisory services, and mentorship. For more information, visit scotiabankwomeninitiative.com. You're listening to the Startup Women Podcast on the Startup Canada Podcast Network, where we help women entrepreneurs to start and build thriving businesses. On the Startup Women Podcast, we connect you with leading experts, entrepreneurs, and organizations that provide capital, mentorship, training, tools, and all of the support that you need to make your vision a reality faster. This podcast is a production of Startup Canada, Canada's entrepreneurship organization and is presented in partnership with the Business Development Bank of Canada and Scotiabank. I'm your host, Kayla Isabel, CEO at Startup Canada. Welcome to the show. We are thrilled to have Alita Pellegrino on our show today. Alita joined the Scotiabank team in June 2017 and is responsible for leading the credit adjudication team in credit decisions for Canada for retail, small business, indirect mortgage, indirect automotive, and private banking segments. She provides strategic direction, leadership, and oversight for this group, ensuring business strategies, plans, and initiatives are supported in compliance with governing regulations and internal policies. Prior to Scotiabank, Alita worked in the financial services industry and has held executive roles in commercial banking, commercial financial restructuring, retail and small business debt collections and recovery, and product management for small business and agriculture, and both commercial and retail risk management. Alita has expertise across numerous industries, is a strong relationship builder, and is well known for her passion for the customer, working on solutions to meet their needs. She holds an MBA from the Schulich School of Business, and her husband, Fernando, have two daughters and two dogs that keep life busy and fun. Welcome to the show, Alita. Thank you very much for having me today. I'm so excited to be here with an organization that does so much for Canada's entrepreneurs. Small and medium-sized businesses really are the backbone of our economy. So Mm. thank you. I couldn't agree more, Alita. (laughs) So let's dive right in. Walk us through your journey. How did you come to work at Scotiabank and find yourself in this current leadership role? Bring us back to the beginning. Okay. Well, I've been in banking for over 30 years, so we could be here all day. (laughs) But (laughs) I will say early on in my career, I fell in love with two aspects of banking. One being the customer and how through, you know, meeting the customer's needs, we can make a real difference in in your business. I'm curious by nature. So I I love to learn about the small businesses, you know, their own customers, their suppliers, competitors, etc. What other profession can you go this deep on 
in a business. I found this fascinating. Mm -hmm. um, the second uh, interest was I love credit um, and all aspects related to credit, the ability to help our customers through lending. And all roles in my career have had a credit aspect attached to them. And this also gave me the opportunity to lead large teams. I love big people management and my current role at Scotiabank combines all three, supporting our customers with their credit needs and running an operations team of up, up to 200 people. And now with the Scotia Women's Initiative, um, helping further empower women-led business, it makes me even more Scotiabank proud. Amazing. And we're going to unpack a lot of these all right. around credit, customer <laughs> needs, all of that. Um, and I think, you know, being the Startup Women podcast, we would love to know more about the Scotiabank Women Initiative. How will it help in a venture's long-term success? What is this initiative? The Scotia Women Initiative is a signature program, and it's designed to increase the economic opportunity for women-led businesses now and in the future. This unique offering helps women pursue their best professional and financial futures with access to capital and tailored solutions with specialized education and mentorship and advice. Mm, amazing. And where can people find more information about the Scotiabank Women Initiative? You go on to our Scotiabank uh, website, it will direct you to, to the Scotia Women's Initiative link. Fabulous. Nice and easy. I love it. Nice and easy. <laughs> so in your work at Scotiabank, let's talk about you know different considerations for business owners around loans. We get so many questions uh, at Startup Canada about how to navigate this process. What are the key considerations for a business owner and for the bank when considering a loan request? That's a great question. Um, I always say, you know, as business owners, you are all masters at your trade, you know, in your area of expertise. But being a master at understanding your finances is also a, a critical factor to long term success. And cash flow is the overarching consideration in any loan application. The bank needs to understand your cash flow to determine, quite frankly, if you have the ability to repay the new debt. And this is in addition to your existing obligations. And this will include, you know, depending on how large your business is, it will include a review of your personal debt. Hmm. But as business owners, you need to also understand your cash flow on a personal and business level. You know, what are your inflows and outflows? Do you have a deficit or a surplus position at the end of the month? You know, do you have a budget? Do you use that budget to support the financial management of your business? And another cash flow aspect is understand the seasonality of your business and the impact on your cash flow needs and plan for it. For example, you know, if Christmas is a peak season for you, uh, what does this mean for your cash flow requirements? Very likely that, you know, several months ahead or a couple of quarters ahead, you will need working capital to support the buildup of inventory or whatever service you're providing for that peak season. And then also to consider your client's seasonality. It's not necessarily the same as yours. So are they in a cash rich or a cash poor situation? What can they afford to pay you? Also, what stage is your business in? Is it a startup? Is it a, uh, are you in a sustainment or a growth mode? And what resources or savings do you have? in addition to bank financing to support it. All these factors will help you understand what level of operating credit or term credit you need to support your day-to-day -day and longer-term mm. assets for continued growth. 
And there are a lot of different forms of loans and credit out there. What can you just give us a lay of the land? What is available to entrepreneurs? <laughs> Let's start with maybe startups. Okay. I would say, um, you know, that two loans, really, you either need mm. term loans or operating lines of credit, just to really simplify it. And it's best to align the type of loan with the purpose of the loan. So if you are looking to finance longer term assets, such as equipment, then this should be financed with a term loan that aligns with the useful life of that asset. So if you buy a piece of equipment or want to purchase a piece of equipment that is going to last you five years, then you should attach a five-year term loan to that. Don't pay for it all up front and then you know, hope for the, the cash flow to come after that. Mm. Next, if you require support for day-to-day working capital needs, this should take the form of a line of credit. You know, Scotiabank will assess the level of receivables and inventory relative to the size of your request. A really good rule of thumb is two to three months of sales. For example, if your business generates $1.2 million in revenue, a two dollars to $300,000 line of credit is reasonable, depending on the life, the length of your sales cycle. Mm. In addition, you, know, you can do a quick, I call it a quick and dirty calculation, really a proxy on how large a line of credit your business can support. The bank will generally look at what are your gross receivables, your overall receivables, less over 90-day accounts because they're, they're deemed to be potentially less collectible. And then you apply a, uh, a percentage to lend against, and usually it's 75%. So to take you through an example, if your receivables are 400000 less 10% over 90 days times a factor of 75%, that makes you eligible for a $270,000 line of credit. So if you go back mm. to 1.2 million, right? You know, you're looking at 100,000 a month. You're between that two to three months uh, worth of sales. And we also look at inventory and the ability to use inventory to support your line of credit. And the percentage of inventory we finance, whether it's 25%, 40%, 50%, is dependent on the type of inventory. Is it obsolete? Is it a customized product? Is it something? that you know is more of a commodity and this will will help determine what percentage we can lend against that. Wow. I would also say a word of advice here and I mentioned mm. this match your assets and liabilities. An operating line of credit should support your day-to-day needs. Don't use it to purchase, you know, equipment, uh, finance leaseholds or buy a car for example because then when you need it for your day-to-day uh, working capital, um, those funds might not be available. Mm. Interesting. There's so much I want to drill into with all of those different <laughs> elements. My goodness. Um, and to our listeners, you know, we often engage with a lot of early stage founders and early stage entrepreneurs, yep. those that are in the ideation and really trying to yes. figure out what is this business going to look like. When you're pre-revenue or you know, really in that infancy, what are the foundational pieces of language that you should be orienting around? You know, something like the word cash flow. Mm-hmm. that you have never been exposed to before is, you know, mission critical. What would you say are the top three um, components of what you've just ran through that would be helpful for early stage founders in particular? For early stage founders, it's, again, understanding, you know, their cash flow needs. If they're mm-hmm. in a startup mode, what do they what do they need to kind of get the business off of the ground? Mm-hmm. Also, um, you know, how are they going to receive payment from their own customers, you know, is this an online venture? Is mm. this a, 
you know, more of a consulting or is it a service, right? So how do you get payment? Do you get payment right away or, or do you have trades, right? Are you, um, Mm. you know, do you have, sorry, not trades, do you have suppliers in which Mm. case you can, you know, look to establish terms of credit with them. So lots of aspects to look like from, from a financing perspective, but I would say, you know, speak to, you know, speak to a bank, you know, when it comes to financial solutions, our commitment at Scotia is really to help you create value for your business and structure and execute a financing option that is tailored to your to your uh, unique business needs. Mm, amazing. And I can certainly appreciate this is a lot of information to digest as a banker as well. How does Scotiabank or any bank, you know, use all of this information to arrive at a loan decision? What does okay. that thought process look like on the other side? All right. What I'll say is before we arrive at the loan decision, maybe what the key the you know the key components are mm, when we perfect. assess a loan application. So you know the bank looks at some key metrics um, in your financial statement position to support cash flow and repayment. Uh, but before we jump into this piece, an integral part of the loan application process is for us to understand the customer's story, your story, what type of business. What is the stage of the business? Is it a startup? Is it mature? Is it in an expansion mode? As well as the stage of the industry. Is this a high growth industry or is it a mature industry? Same assessment for the business owner. So you might be in a startup, but you know, so you may be a new business owner, but you may be very experienced. You're just starting Mm. your own business. You know, any credentials that you might have, are you a CPA? Are you an engineer? Are you a lawyer? You know, you're now branching out on your own. This helps with our assessment and our decision. So, you know, please make sure that you adequately share your story with your banker. And then when we move to sort of the financial metrics, we assess liquidity and debt obligations from your, your balance sheet. Or, you know, if you're starting out from your projections, are your short-term liabilities lower than your short-term assets? This is your current ratio. And what's the mix of these assets? Are your receivables higher than your inventory or vice versa? And why is this the case? And then what's your existing uh, debt repayment and how will this impact liquidity? And we look at debt repayment, not just on the business side, but depending on the size of the business, what your personal loan obligations are. We know a lot of startups will use personal funds and personal credit cards, and these are all taken into account when we assess a loan. Also, you know, if there's any shareholder and related party advances to support your business, the impact on the equity position of the company, Mm. we recognize, you know, tax planning, you know, tax minimization, you know, so we consider advances from shareholders as equity. They've put money into the business, but we also deduct advances to shareholders. So if they're pulling money out, that takes equity out of your business. And so this helps us arrive at a leverage position for the company. So what's your debt to your net worth position? Just to make sure that the company's not over leveraged. They don't have too much debt to start with before they ask for the new request. Mm. From your income statement, you know, are you profitable? And lending to a company for a bank that shows a loss or nominal income is a higher risk situation. However, and I think this is very important, this does not mean an automatic uh, you know, decline. If you're not profitable in a certain year, 
you need to explain this uh, to the banker. We need to understand why so we can get comfortable still lending in that situation. Mm. We also look at what is your debt service capacity? That's your earnings before interest, taxes, and depreciation. And I'm sorry if I'm getting too technical, but, you know, divided by your total uh, principal payments. And this, you know, we generally look at at least kind of a 1.2 times coverage ratio, right? So your income has to be higher than than your cash flow. Also, you know, were there any extraordinary expenses uh, you know, on your statements, uh, higher than average um, category that you want to explain. The bank can then normalize your earnings to get a better understanding of your capacity and your ability to repay the debt. Hmm. And I think this, you know, understanding the customer story, it's so helpful to kind of come back to that point that if you have this great relationship and if your banker has that context around your your entrepreneurship journey, many of these other considerations, um, you know, there, there's more uh, detail and more narrative around all of these different parts of building your business, which, you know, supports both sides of the conversation, increased confidence and hopefully a better outcome from, from the entrepreneur as well. That's right. Because really we're not lending to the business, we're lending to the owner, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. so we really have to get down to the customer's story. And, and that's why relationships are, are so important. Yeah. And you often get that feedback during pitch competitions, you know, investors are looking to invest in the entrepreneur and the person behind the business. Interesting to see that narrative uh, parallel a little bit from the banking environment as well. Exactly, exactly. So in terms of, um, you know, process, how long should this take for an entrepreneur when they're navigating, you know, the first couple of months of starting their business? How much time should they be allocating to this specific part? I would say if they're looking for credit, they should spend a lot of time on this. Um, You know, in terms of what that means, I think it is really about, you know, if they're not an expert at it, reaching out to people that are. Mm -hmm. So whether it's their banker, whether it's their accountant is to reach out and and leverage people and understand the cash flow position of of the company, right? Or, Or what your cash flow needs will be. You know, when we look at producing financial statements, or we look at financial statements, a lot of times owners don't have a, we don't receive a statement of cash flows because a lot of times we'll get large percentage of our businesses provide a notice to reader um, level financial statement. It's a lower cost and that's okay. But to better understand your cash flow uh, better, um, the owner should ask their accountant or their internal team or them, themselves, to be honest, to produce one. And because you need to fully understand your cash flow position, what have the sources or inflows been? What have the uses of your cash or the outflow have been throughout the year from your operations, from your financing, and from your investing activities. Awesome. So how should entrepreneurs determine how much they should ask for when applying for a bank loan? This is often you know, a question that we get. What is the magic number? Is there a golden formula? Is there a tool that helps them determine um, their, their needs? How should entrepreneurs go about determining this question? That's a great question. And unfortunately, there is no golden formula, I would say. (laughs) As I mentioned earlier, you know, matching your assets to your liabilities, right? Your long-term assets with your long-term loans. That will sometimes dictate the amount and uh, type of loan you're requesting. But it's also about getting, you know, the right combination of working capital financing, debt financing, outside capital, 
you know, investments from, uh, you know, angel investors, friends, family, et cetera, especially when you're starting up mm. uh, and your own equity. And this is all important, the combination to avoid over leveraging your business mm. and having too much debt to repay up front, which impacts your cash flow to run your business and grow. And there's also other lenders, I would say, you know, such as the Business Development Bank and the Export Development Bank. And these are government crown corporations um, that might finance you when, you know, conventional lending um, is more difficult to get, you know, and they are a partner to the banks. Yes, sometimes they can be more expensive, which might be reflective of startup risk, but there, there really are an important consideration sometimes to help kickstart your company. Mm, amazing. Can we go back to the over leverage point? Can you describe to our listeners what is being over leveraged? Because I think this is something that is a blind spot for many, many entrepreneurs okay. that we engage with. No, that's a great question. So if we take a look at your balance sheet, right? You, you, you look at the definition, leverage is total debt over your net worth. So if you've purchased a piece of equipment that has cost you, you know, $300,000, but the equity in your business, it's a startup, you know, you've, you've put 100,000 100, in, you're looking to finance that, that piece of equipment. We'll look at maybe your total debt is um, you purchased 300,000 piece of equipment, your debt, you're, you're borrowing 250,000, and you've got 100,000 in your um, equity that you've put in. So 250,000 in total debt. Uh, you might have some supply. You might also have some uh, other payables. So let's call it three hundred thousand in total debt. Your equity position is a hundred thousand. That's three to one. Three hundred thousand divided by a hundred thousand. You know, leverage depending on the industry, two two and a half times. So when you start to get to three four times leverage, that's a little high. And what we mean is you've got too much debt relative to how much money. Um, your business can can generate and how much flows through to to equity. Now, you know, equity is not a, a cash flow number, but it it reflects sort of the ability for your business to generate profit, which flows into your the equity position of your company. Mm. I think that's really helpful because I I often you know entrepreneurs share feedback that you know we just need more money, we need you know to bring in additional funding into our business, and often and we see with you know, businesses that are scaling dramatically, that sometimes having more money can add, uh, you know, more complexity and potentially harm the business if it is not allocated appropriately. So I think this is an important point to be very smart um, with these initial funding structures and understanding this foundation of your business to then scale more efficiently and, you know, using the right resources at different junctures. That's right. Well, very well said. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Not the finance expert here, clearly. You got a jail pat. <laughs> and so when looking at all these different criteria, do you see one area where entrepreneurs struggle with the most that you would really encourage our listeners to focus down on? I would say that um, first, I'll take a step back and what does what does the bank look at? Because that will help with what you know the entrepreneur needs to focus on, right? We look at character. You know, we call this the five C's of credit. We look at mm. character. How do you manage your finances? Mm. What's your credit score? These days, there's lots of online apps that you can immediately get your credit score. So how do you manage your finances? Um, you know, 
we use in part, you know, historical performance as an indication of future performance. So if on the personal side, you've met all your obligations. On the business side, you've met your loan obligations. And the likelihood is you'll, you will continue to do that in the future. Mm. Capacity. Do you have the ability to repay? So this is back to looking at cash flow and the leverage of the company. Capital. What cash balances or other savings or other resources do you have to support you? right? So we may give you what we consider a maximum amount, but you need more money. So we're like, okay, we'll give them, you know, we'll give this person their $300,000 ask. uh, But if they continue to grow, and they need more, we may not be able to give them that extra money. So do they have other resources Mm -hmm. to to go to? Um, Collateral, what's supporting your deal? Is it your own name? So is it a personal guarantee? Is it a general security agreement, which covers the assets in your company? Is it real estate or other liquid assets? So what's the capital supporting the loan? And then conditions is the the fifth one. And so we might put in a uh, uh, condition to ensure risk is mitigated. We might say your maximum leverage can be three to one times or two and a half to one times. So if it's over that, doesn't mean we're going to call the loan. It just means we're going to have a conversation. To me, I call conditions triggers to, to have the right conversation with, um, with the entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. So sort of back, you know, back to your question about, you know, what they need to focus on or what I would recommend. I think I would be remiss in not mentioning COVID. Mm. <laughs> you know, COVID, COVID has had a, you know, a, a significant impact on, on businesses and personally. And, um, you know, some businesses have benefited, but more have been negatively impacted. And, you know, COVID research tells us that, or before COVID research tells us that women business owners, loan applications are more likely to get approved but women business owners are less likely to apply mm-hmm. for a loan. Mm-hmm. So I would encourage you know, our listeners to reach out to your banker. The banks are fully aware of the financial consequences of COVID to your business. For example, Scotiabank, we're, we're somewhat, you know, quote, unquote, dismissing <laughs> the last 18 months of results. And we're trying to look at what was your performance prior to COVID mm-hmm. to really assess your cash flow position. Right. And I would say that's a kind of a good segue into finally answering this question (laughs) about what I'd start doing immediately. Um, Mm. I would say, you know, a strong consideration when we look at cash flows to leverage your suppliers as a source of cash flow. Stretch the payment if you can. So instead of paying in 15 or 30 days, see if you can go beyond that. Mm. At the same time, look to calculate to collect your receivables as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. So this intuitively makes a lot of sense, but are you actually taking those actions to support your business? And be vocal with your clients about receiving payment from them and be vocal with your supplier. Ask for terms, especially if you have a good uh, repayment history with them. Mm-hmm. The other thing is around relationships. As business owners, you all understand the value of relationships and networking to move your business forward. And so two key stakeholders to include in your arsenal is your accountant. Don't just use your accountant once a year to prepare your financials. Mm-hmm. You know, Befriend them so you can leverage their counsel throughout the year right? Build that relationship with them, take them to lunch, and (laughs) perhaps Mm -hmm. they'll give you, they'll give you some some free advice, uh, so to speak. And the same thing goes with your banker, confide in them, tell them about your business and your plans, we can assist you with your needs, 
if we understand them and your wants and ensure that, you know, we're a key partner in your success. So I would say definitely leverage those two relationships if you're not doing that right now. Mm, that is fantastic advice. And, and you know, we, we see so many entrepreneurs shying away from these conversations around finances because it does feel, you know, daunting and overwhelming sometimes mm-hmm. as it does, you know, with legal. Uh, we see similar parallels yes. in that space. Um, but by using these relationships, by cultivating these relationships with these different stakeholders um, and becoming more literate yourself through de- taking a deep dive into these finances, you're going to be much more confident in making decisions moving forward. Um, but you don't have to navigate through this alone. I think that's my biggest takeaway here, that there are so many different resources and experts who know all of this different terminology that can bring you through this journey and really advise you um, on where to go to next. So you don't have to put all of this pressure on, on your own shoulders. Listeners. Exactly. You know, human nature is we want to, we want to help people, mm. right? It's a positive feeling, especially these days in, in our current environment. It's a positive feeling. And so people will, if you reach out for help, they will give you that help. Mm. Agreed. Right? I found that so beautifully across every industry, every type of, <laughs> uh, you know, support organization. Canada is incredible for this in, in having a true ecosystem of support. Um, so you, you don't have to navigate this alone, listeners. I've uh, got lots of, lots of support around the corner for you. <laughs> so Alita, any final takeaways, any final pieces of advice? We've covered a tremendous amount of ground in today's chat. Anything else you'd like to share? Um, no, I would just say have have the confidence in yourselves, mm. right? Uh, you know, uh, a lot of entrepreneurs, like you said, are trying to carry everything on their shoulders. You know, we're we're stronger when we when we reach out and and we operate as a team. Mm. Fantastic, love that, Alita. Thank you so much for joining us on the Startup Women Podcast. Thank you to the entire Scotiabank team for all of your support for women entrepreneurs, and uh, thanks for taking the time. Thank you. It's been a real pleasure. You take care and enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you for joining us this week on the Startup Women Podcast, where we help women entrepreneurs to start and build thriving businesses. Thank you to the Startup Canada production team, VDC, and Scotiabank for helping us to power women entrepreneurs. Visit startupcan.ca forward slash women to download the playbook Resources for Women Entrepreneurs with a comprehensive list of support for you and your business. And visit startupcan.ca for the latest episodes of the Startup Canada podcast hosted by Rick Spence and plug into the Startup Canada network. Until next time, I'm Kayla Isabel. It's time to choose to challenge the status quo and unleash the economic potential of women.